Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Scientology Fair Game, the podcast. Hi, Mikey. Hi, Lily. How are you today? <laughs> you know, a lot of people comment about me calling you Lily. Yes, it was- it's really cute. Because, you know, like, it always makes me smile when people say Lily. I know. Yeah. That's why I say it. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and it's cute. Okay. okay. We have a special guest with us today. As per usual. We always have special guests. But yes, this one is this one this one is someone that we consider family. I yes. mean there are people who have worked with us over the last number of years who we know we can always rely on if we need something or need some yeah. help or find us a reference or can you dig this up for us? There is a there is a few people out there who we always turn to, and Chris Shelton is one of those. And he is a former Scientologist and Sea Org member. He's now a writer, a consultant, a podcaster, a YouTuber, and advocate for critical thinking. Uh, he was raised in a Scientology family, and he started working just like I did in the church right out of high school, and he spent 25 years as a staff member and Sea Org member before leaving in 2012, and he has been speaking out since then. He runs a podcast called Sensibly Speaking, and he's also written a book called Scientology A to Xenu, an insider's guide to what Scientology is really all about. Chris Shelton, welcome to the Fair Game Podcast. Thank you very much. I am so excited to be here. <laughs> Thank you. And where can people get your book, Chris? On Amazon. It's uh, pretty exclusively on Amazon, and it's uh, audio as well as uh, ebook as well as hard copy. Great. And Congratulations. Be- Thank you. Yes. It will be on the blog as always and on the, the link at the fairgamepodcast.com website. And so that and anything else we mention, I, I know I say this every week, but we I always put up the documents and links mm-hmm. to things that we talk about so that it's easy for people to find them. And you can either find them on my blog, which is Mike Rinder's blog.org or the fairgamepodcast.com website. Okay, Great. Chris. That, that business aside. <laughs> yeah, that business aside. Like uh, we we have to get rid of all the formalities before we get into shooting the shit. Yes. I totally understand. Do the same thing. I get it. <laughs> uh, good time. Yes. I I like that little sign you have behind you. I know that nobody who who is listening to this can read that sign but we can because we see each other on a zoom call just just for convenience sake when we're recording this it says it you are braver than you believe stronger than you seem and smarter than you think i like that that's good thank you yeah that was very inspiring for me so i thought i would try to inspire others love it (laughs) So, Chris, let's talk about what you're doing now, because you you are doing a lot and you've been doing a lot since you have left Scientology, but you are also uh, going back to school, which I know because we talk off air. Uh, But I I wanted you to talk a little bit about that, because you want you do want to talk about mind control 
uh, and thought reform. And uh, what I, I, I think is very brave to go back to school because I, I you know, first of all, I'm, I'm also um, taking the steps to do the same. Um, and, and I, and I've noticed that, so, but it, it's pretty, you know, courageous to do so when you have, when you, when you're, uh, you know, an older person, when you have spent all of your life in Scientology. And, you know, I keep going over the same points. Uh, some people have heard this, some people, you know, have heard it and maybe it didn't sink in. And some people don't know this at all. But when you're in Scientology as a parishioner, you're, you are forced to read uh, Scientology under extreme duress, uh, two and a half hours a day minimum. And you are sitting in a room being supervised. I mean, if you sneeze, cough, wink, uh, scratch your head, you are pulled into another room. You have to look up every word you don't understand and you're checked out on every single word that, that you had just read. And if you don't get a word right, you are flunked and you have to reread the materials. And it's extremely, extremely, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? I mean, uh, abusive, uh, abusive, traumatizing, traumatizing. Yes, to learn yeah. such in, in such a way. And uh, most Scientologists don't get an education because Scientology, like uh, a lot of cults, look down on uh, an education because if people are educated, they're most likely not going to stay in the cult, uh, and they're going to see that what they're reading is bullshit. Uh, and uh, a waste of time. And so it makes sense why cults would push that, not getting an education. And so, uh, you know, for a few reasons, I think it's, it's, it's admirable that you can, you're continuing your education uh, to do so. To, to do that it means to add on top of what you're already doing. If you're a grown person, you likely have a job, you have a family, you have a household, you have bills. And so it's not that easy to do what you're doing. But why are you doing it? Well, thanks for asking. It's a, it is a huge step. It's big. Yes, and yes. it's a master's program I'm doing right now. It's a full-time oh, online yeah. study because of COVID. We, you know, the opportunity presented itself to do this. And because uh, it's, it's through the United Kingdom, it's a University of Salford program. And continuing education or education at all is a vital step in recovery and cult recovery. And it's in every modality, every therapy process, every model that everybody's put together, which is what I'm studying. Mm -hmm. coercive control the psychology right. of coercive control and it's it's bad and it and and uh and getting an education is really one of the only ways out of that cult mindset you know that we were all so stuck in and you and i and mike i mean we've all been doing a whole bunch of learning since we left and i thought you know, I'd always wanted to formalize the process and, you know, get some letters after my name and try to be taken mm -hmm. a bit more seriously, to be honest. And now, that, Chris, but let know, me ask you a question. Of, let me ask yeah. you a question about that. You just said you wanted yeah. to take, you wanted to be taken a little bit more seriously. Is that because you feel that people like us are labeled? It's funny. We have a label now. It's anti or critics of. I mean, and I've seen it from my own people, like my own PR people. I go, first of all, we're not anti-religion. Yep. We're not right. anti, we're not even anti-Scientology. We're not critics of Scientology. We are anti-abuse. Exactly. And is that why you feel you you feel that you needed to do this because you feel like you're not being taken a hundred percent seriously because you're seen as a quote unquote critic of Scientology? I, I, yes, not yeah. only critic, but apostate. 
Right. And, you know, and this is a thing. And Scientology runs this. Academia runs mm-hmm, this. I mean, mm-hmm. this is not just a Scientology thing. Oh, I you know. know. This idea that you have an axe to grind and so nobody should listen to you. It's total nonsense. Mm-hmm. And it and it really re-victimizes so many trauma survivors. So that's why I wanted to step up and do even more and try to, you know, when I say get taken seriously, I mean, you know, get into the bigger spheres of, of public discourse about this stuff. You know, yes. I can podcast all day, but if, I'm, if I've only got a couple thousand people listening to what I'm saying, I'm not really making the impact I want to. And this is a big enough and important enough topic that it deserves you know, to be heard by a broad audience out there. And and you guys have been the ones leading the charge on that. And I'm just trying to catch up. <laughs> no, listen, and, and Chris, you know, which is why it, one of the reasons why we love you and people like you that we have on our podcast is because, you know, it's one thing to do, a, a, you know, a one shot deal to, uh, you know, make a film very brave. Uh, but, you know, those people often move on into other things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there is a small group of us that continue to speak out and uh, do the work that, uh, quite frankly, is not lucrative uh, because most of the work that we do, you don't even know about. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, like somebody somebody trying to, uh, you know, come up, I don't know, play, be noticed or get into a fight with me on Twitter said something like, uh, well, Leah's just doing a podcast and Tom Cruise is doing a film. No, listen. I don't just do a fucking podcast. Like you, people who say things like that have no idea what we do behind the scenes. The right. <laughs> it is right. a full time job that nobody gets paid for. Nobody gets credit for. We don't advertise everything that we do, and I'm including you in this, Chris, and and people who do the work again. You know who are working for um, the victims of Scientology. Uh, don't we? This is just a full-time job that we do because it's the right thing to do. And I know that's, that's for some, that's, that's not an easy concept to, to stomach, you know, like that you would be doing something simply because it's the right thing to do. But there are a lot of people out there that do the right thing simply because it's the right thing to do. That has nothing to do with Scientology. We see this in, in real charitable organizations every single day, but we just don't have a website up that, uh, that we document every person we talk to, every agency we talk to, every avenue that we try to to pursue. It's a full, and you know this, Chris, and you're nodding your head yes because, and nobody could see that, because you know what goes into this work. I mean, we are all emailing each other daily. What about this? Have you guys ever tried that? Hey, do you know this person in government? Hey, do you know that? Do you know anybody there? Do you know anybody at the criminal investigation? Anybody call that? Anybody talk to the FBI? Anybody talk to uh, anybody talk to the, I mean, it's just endless. It's just endless, (laughs) but hopefully (laughs) it will not be for naught. Uh, and that's, that's, uh, yeah, yes. Yes. Exactly. We want not endless. Yeah, it, ahead, it's it's not endless, and I have to keep reminding you of this, Leah. It mm-hmm. it is long, yes. it is arduous, yes, it is painful at times, but it is not endless because yeah. there is actually uh, an end to all efforts as long as you keep persisting. Yes, and and thank no, I and I know that, Mike. Ultimately, I do know that, but you know, we we lose a lot of uh, little. 
battles every day and skirmishes. Yes, skirmishes. Yes. And it becomes and so so no, I you know, we're not just doing a podcast. We're not just doing a show. We are fighting a three billion dollar cult. And that's not easy. And yep, exactly. uh you know, being a movie star is pretty fucking easy, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well I can uh, I can definitely say also on the other side of the coin on that is that while we also while we do lose and we do have the struggles and the fights and they are tough. Yeah. We also don't always publicize the successes and the victories and the and the and yes. the, and the, and the and the minor wins that we get along the way. Yes. Two days ago, you know, a guy comments on my channel who was an independent Scientologist and he's like, I'm walking away from it. I'm done. I watched enough of your videos that I get it now. Oh, that's great. You know, like two days ago, that happened. Yes, Last week, yes. I get a woman calling me saying, you know, I watched your videos from 2014 when you were first putting stuff out and yes. I'm out now. Wow. You know that, you know, because I don't think enough people tell you. And it's true. I get, I get, you know, infrequent communications about that. And I know I'm doing the good work. You guys are doing the same. I'm sure you hear it too. You know, we... Those successes are actually kind of what keep me going. (laughs) No, listen. Absolutely right. Absolutely. And it's not just from Scientology. I mean, we get these every day. And you're right. We should probably talk more about it. The problem with that is that for me, it feels a little bit like, hey, I did some good, everybody. And I just don't, you know what I mean? I feel like the work (laughs) speaks for itself. You know what I mean? And, you know, the fact that this person's life was changed. And it's like I said, it's not just Scientology. People write us all the time. And I'm sure with you too, Chris, with the work that you're doing, you know, critical thinking is a big, you know, that's not just a saying. It's it's an action. And, uh, you know, we need to, uh, you know, we, we get people saying every day, you know, I was part of this group or I thought this way and I was in an abusive relationship and I no longer think that way. I'm no longer in this toxic, horrible cult, or I'm no longer allowing, you know, my religious beliefs to, to bar a relationship with my own children. You know, we hear these things every day and I know ultimately we are doing the work because there's you'd be hard pressed to find anybody running into a church of Scientology these days with 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 all that's out there now available to people to see for themselves. And and so that yes, and we we've done amazing things, all of us collectively. Uh we're doing the work. And so Mike, I you know, I don't mean to give anybody the impression that I feel like we aren't doing anything, but for me it's like every day that somebody is being uh taken by Scientology or abused by Scientology. And, you know, we know what it means to grow up in Scientology. And so knowing that a child is there as we speak, um, you know, being indoctrinated into this cult, this very harmful and dangerous cult, you know, that's what pains me. I feel, oh my God, we, we, you know, we've got to move faster. We've got to, somebody has to hear us, you know? Yes. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I and hear I, you. I, I, if I could just also interject on the point of education and bring it back to that for a Please. second to say that, that this education that I've been doing, and, it's, and it is a master's level program, and I jumped right into it. I didn't do the four years before. Not a brag, just a statement that I jumped into the middle of. I did Amazing. not realize what I was jumping into the middle of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, clarifying things for me personally in my own recovery. And listen, this is what I I do want to talk to you about this, Chris, because 
Um, I think this is really an important point uh, why we really did want to talk to you because I've been doing research as well. And, you know, I get the research or I'm dealing it with it in my therapy. And then I let everybody know, like, in my group, like, you guys, we got to get gotta on this. You got to read this book. This <laughs> is a book. Yeah. I, like, I wrote, yeah, it's so yeah. funny. I didn't even go directly to Mike. I went yeah. to Christy, his wife. And I was like, Christy, I really think you guys need to read this book. Uh, I think it's very, it's very helpful. And if you could just get Mike to read it, that would be great. Because I know if I got the wife on board, <laughs> Mike would be more likely to read it. But I was reading up on a few things, and I want you to talk about this, Chris, because, sure. you know, our podcast is our podcast, but we're supposed to have guests who speak, you know, and we kind of like hog the mic. I would say more I do that than Mike. Uh, but but by the way, you should know people at home, when Mike is silent, I do text him and go, do you want to chime in? <laughs> <laughs> do I got to do the heavy lift? The heavy lifting. <laughs> but I don't usually look at my text when we're talking. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> the things that I w- was learning, Chris, was mm-hmm. I was learning because a lot of the things that I was going over uh, with my therapist was my upbringing. And uh, I was like, yeah, no trauma there, no trauma there until, you know, these big things happened. And she had me read a parenting book. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. Didn't have those parents. Uh, Finding out what neglect and abuse is. And uh, when you're a Scientologist, you can, you, there, there are um, laid out steps that, that are, that are mandatory. You can't just go in and just talk about what you want to talk about or do courses that you want to do. They tell, it's a very specific laid out a uh, chart, and one of the first courses that Scientologists are forced to do, children are forced to do, are um, called training routines. And in these training routines, uh, you are taught to take abuse and to be abusive and to not react to uh, abusive content and sexual content. And the point is for you to be flat on that. So you learn not to react. And I had told that to my therapist and she said, well, that's not good. And I was like, it's not good to not react. Yeah. I mean, I have a whole list of people I can tell you, I wish I didn't react to. I would have had a job. Um, (laughs) Apparently I just did not succeed in this course uh, on Scientology because I react heavily. Uh, And she said, no, it's, it's part of, Growing up, it's it's very a necessary survival tool to learn to react to things, mm-hmm. um, and you need to react to things because that's how we protect ourselves from danger, right? So you have you know thirteen year olds counseling grown men and women, and those grown men and women are saying things that are very very um, provocative, sexually provocative, sexually explicit, even. Uh, and, yeah. and and uh, illegal. and illegal and yeah. illegal um absolutely so I, mean, I was doing that when i was five years old too you know we we came up very similarly you and i i mean you you went well, a we, we, out where i well, went we, a we, work out, but we had this very similar childhood experiences as far as all the trs i did com course all that stuff you know and learning that as a kid was very contributive to a lot of 
laying the foundation for later stuff that, 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 that let me stand there and take a lot of abuse from people that I should have been reacting to and should have been responding to, as you say here, you know, and I learned to suck it up because that's what the culture demanded of me. And that's what I was taught was the right thing to do. And when you're five, six years old, you know, this is just going straight in. You're not critically thinking about this stuff. There's no judgment. So this is, you know, and, and then the sexually explicit stuff comes, you know, even a little bit later. And that just makes, that just piles it on and makes it even worse. Well, but yes, that, I mean, even in Dianetics. You, you have to suck it all up that your confront isn't in if you can't stand there and be abused. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty enabling for abusers. And that's what Scientology does to kids. So you, I mean, you're right on target with that. And then your your parents just gave you over, right, to the Sea Org. So they just, uh, they, they didn't raise you. And then you were raised by perfect strangers who had no uh, credentials for raising children. They, you know, they don't go through any, uh, they don't even know how to do CPR, these people who are in charge of, of five-year-olds. And so even being given up by your parents uh, is is uh, abusive and and child neglect. And within the Sea Org, uh, if they were to ever uh, have raided a Scientology organization, they would have seen and see that children are not getting schooling, they are not being properly cared for, um, and and this still goes on today. I mean, you could still Scientology parents are still signing their children over to Scientology Sea Org, and they have no rights to their own children. Yeah. Uh, and and we're talking about this and and neglect and and but but the thing that I wanted to talk to you about, Chris, too, on top of mm. this is once uh, even as a Sea Org member, but also as a parishioner, you're saying that we were raised, you know, similarly, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, even though I was a parishioner and you and Mike were Sea Org members, and your ch- your Mike, your children were raised by the Sea Org, right? Um, you that becomes your primary caretaker. And children of cults and children of uh, who come from, uh, wh- just understand this has not this is not just a Scientology thing. Whoever was taking care of you was your primary caretaker, and uh, that's a hard uh, thing to acknowledge because you see because when you leave Scientology and you're speaking out against your abuser, you're really talking about somebody who you considered a parent, uh, whether you're aware of it or not, that was your primary caretaker. Um, L. Ron Hubbard could be considered your primary caretaker. So you're speaking out against your abuser. Uh, still very emotional um, uh, um, activity because um, this is what you, who raised you. And so, well, I'm yeah, talk- I mean, it's, yeah. It's certainly, it certainly runs up a bunch of, against a bunch of things, you know, I, yes. I, I wasn't a Sea Org kid the same way Mike was. I did grow right. up in a, you know, in a public school environment and all that. But I but it was certainly interesting having L. Ron Hubbard be such a prominent figure in my life. That's for sure as a child. Well, yeah. well your parents weren't parenting you, Chris. They were sending you to Scientology to be parented, to be reprimanded, to be. It, what does L. Ron Hubbard say? So yeah. that is your primary caretaker. On top of that abuse comes the teachings of Scientology, which uh, 
again, learning this psychological warfare. I don't know you've gotten into this mm -hmm. in, in your, but Scientology teaches psychological warfare mm -hmm. and dehumanization. Absolutely. Of the of government agencies of uh, it, any type of education that isn't Scientology, any kind of spiritual uh, entity that isn't. Scientology, because Scientology does not believe in God in any which way, shape, or form. They will tell you that they do, they don't. Uh, Alvon Hubbard called uh, Jesus Christ a pedophile. Uh, I mean, it, 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 literally, there is no belief in God. I mean, Mike, you've been in Scientology all your life. Chris, you've been in Scientology all your life. Have you ever seen any reference to God or being a spiritual being, having any kind of religious, uh, anything religious about Scientology? Anything. <laughs> I'll say there's a lot of religious cloaking in Scientology. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'll certainly say that. I mean, we all thought it was kind of a joke, you know, at, at my level where we were at. You know, none of us well, took we, the religious aspect of it seriously. Well, we knew. Well, there was no religious aspect, but we knew that we were lying, and we knew that this was something to peddle. Yeah. Because it was an acceptable truth. You know, one of L. Ron Hubbard's teachings is an tell an acceptable truth. Go ahead, Mikey. Yeah, no, I was just going to say the, the, the thing about religion, Scientology and religion is, as Chris says, it is cloaking. Mm -hmm. It is a masquerade and a charade or charade, whichever way you're supposed to say it here in the U.S. <laughs> <Yeah>, potato. <laughs> <laughs> tomato, like tomato. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it's charade, but it's okay. Charade. Yeah. Um, that was originally designed to protect Hubbard from attacks by the government right. and intrusion by the government and also from paying taxes. And okay. it has been maintained as a, a as a sort of a uh, an image for Scientology mm -hmm. all throughout in order to maintain those same statuses protection under the first amendment in the United States and, and also religious protection in other countries and freedom from paying taxes. And along with freedom from paying taxes, particularly in the United States comes freedom from oversight of what you do with your damn money. And wow. that is perhaps more important even than the fact that they don't pay taxes is the fact that nobody can ever find out what are they spending their money on? They tell people, give us money and we'll help the starving children in wherever and we'll run an education program or we'll do this or we'll do that. That money never gets spent and instead it gets spent on hiring private investigators and lawyers. And that is what ultimately is the real bad thing about the tax exempt status of Scientology is that it protects this slush fund and the fraud that is ongoing of telling people, give us your money so that we can spend it on X, Y, and Z, and they just don't do it. So the religious expert, you, you know, you asked about God, Leah, there is a, mm. obviously there is this sort of, um, I don't know, token gesture mm -hmm. that one of the eight dynamics is, quote, the God dynamic. Yep. But in Scientology, what that means is figure it out for yourself. You, you know, come up, come up with your Not own true. thing of Not what true. God is, and that will be it. 
Not true. Because as an OT, which is a, you know called operating Thetan in Scientology, is a com- uh, confidential levels, everybody. These are confidential levels that I'm not allowed to talk about because if I revealed the secrets to you, L. Ron Hubbard said you would get cancer. I don't want to do that to our listeners. Um, and also, Mike, I think I signed something that said I'd have to give them $50,000 every time I... Is that true? Only fifty? I thought it was a hundred. Maybe it might be a hundred thousand. Yeah, I thought it was a hundred thousand. <clears throat> anyway, uh if you're on the OT levels, you're not allowed to believe in God. If you say that you believe in God or wear a real cross, uh, you know, you'll get pulled into a Scientology ethics office and they'll ask you, Why are you wearing that around your neck? And what what is it? Yeah, thing but you're a cross is a cross is different than believing in God. Not, Mike, I, I'm telling you, I got in trouble for wearing a cross. I mean, a I, cross. I, I, yeah, that's yeah. because that's Christian. I mean, there's all sorts of gods. There's gods in Hinduism. There's God. I mean, like, there's gods all over the place. What are you arguing about? I don't even know what you're arguing with me about. I, 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 if I could, if I could, inter- please, please. Yes, let let Professor <laughs> let Professor Shelton straighten us out here. If I could, I will. I will. Let me cite one quote from okay. from Hubbard about this topic, which okay. Is, both, which I think might help validate both sides here, because no, I oh, want to be right. Go. Wait, no, That's- no, hang on a second. I didn't agree to this <laughs> because, Leah, I don't deny your experience or invalidate it in any way. I am quite sure that they pulled you in to check on external influences. What okay. I can say is that Hubbard specifically said, and I will never forget this because it hit me so hard when he said it. He wrote somewhere in one of the dynamic issues about the fact that the um, supreme being or infinity or God or eighth dynamic will only be fully realized when you have cleared the first seven dynamics. In other words, there's your mystery sandwich. I'm not going to tell you what God is. Maybe there's something there. You'll get to figure it out for yourself, just like Mike said, but it's not in any way, shape, or form, the Christian concept of a God. All right, hold on a second. Use that. Great, great. great. dead. Chris, are you, did you reach your OT levels? I did not do the OT levels. I um, got it through clear. I have studied since leaving Scientology. Everything Good enough. Hands on about. On, great. On OT 7 and 8, which is the, you know. The big one. The Mac Daddy, right? Supposed yeah. to be, right? That was supposed to be the end of the Scientology, your Scientology career, which, you know, most people spend, uh, you know, the, the average bridge uh, of Scientology is 400000 minimum. That's like the bare minimum that you have to spend. But uh, they, they usually spend that amount and a lifetime trying to achieve these confidential levels. But uh, on OT8, Mike, uh you find out that there is no God. As a matter of fact, you find out that L. Ron Hubbard quite possibly thinks he he is. Uh, what was the data, Mike, on OT8 about God? Maybe you could better. I don't think there is one. There's one about Jesus. Uh, Jesus, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, not God. Jesus. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. But, but. Well, he also the, the, he's Lucifer. Yes. The the issue here is a sort of a, a an academic argument we're having because the truth of the matter is whether you say that Scientology doesn't believe in God or they believe in this version of God which Hubbard says which is when you're clear on everything and you've done everything there is in Scientology you'll figure it out for yourself mm-hmm. is effectively the same thing. There is no this is not the traditional religious 
idea of what God is or its relationship or God's relationship to man or to the church or to religion or anything. It's just uh, another window dressing, another charade, charade of (laughs) here is uh, a few words that we're going to toss off so that we can Mm. always refer back to this if we Mm. need to tell someone that we believe in God. Right. There because, is no right. There because, is no. You're right. There is no spiritual spirituality. There is no higher being in Scientology. Elron no, it's Hubbard, you. Yeah. Yeah. And you and are. and yeah. you know Nancy Cartwright made that famous quote in in the media where she yeah. said, "Yes, I believe in God. I'm God." Right. And that right. is Scientology. That is That's the right. the essence yeah. of what it's God is in Scientology is sure. you. Right. You're That's God. Right. You're yes. your own god. You yes. make up your own shit. You you figure it out for yourself. Effectively, Hubbard said, "You will understand God when you fully understand yourself." Right. That is a translation of the statement that Chris made, and that's, that's yeah. ultimately what he's saying: is when you have fully realized yourself. Which sounds great. Yes, you now know God. Which sounds great, you know, in theory, right? Because, you know, you think, oh, I'm on this path. But actually, there is no talk of God other than or yeah, Jesus or any right. or any that's right. any higher being other than L. Ron Hubbard and the Scientologists. Like, there is no. You well, know, you know, there I, is no, about, I mean, just to put this in perspective mm-hmm. from my own experience, when the Sunday service happened, you remember this, Mike, I think it was 2000. <laughs> When they, when they came out with the new Sunday service edition, version 2.0, right? And uh, the end of the, the, the final prayer, at the end of it, you know, it was, references God. And uh, I, as a Sea Org member and Scientologist, just about fell out of my chair when I first heard that that was what our Sunday services were going to be. Because I was like, what God is he talking about? What? We never talk about God. So... You know, so in terms of the big picture here, it's it really is pretty academic. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, even that they were talking about God would, would appear as though they were learning a lesson and, and going on more of a spiritual path, but they weren't. They were just no. doing that for PR reasons. I agree. Because, oh, absolutely. Yeah, because we I, all know that there is nothing spiritual about Scientology. Go ahead, no. Mikey. Sorry, what were you going to say, babe? I was just going to say, that's absolutely correct. Yeah. That whole program was done by OSA under my direction to establish. <laughs> and, and that book of the background and ceremonies book yes, uh, that I put together, whole, that whole thing, huge leather bound Mike, piece of shit. I had thing, no idea. Yes. I, well, I, I have lots of stories. All right, hang later. on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> Mike. What, okay. So you're, 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 Working at OSA, right? You're the head of OSA, the Office of Special Affairs, just in case uh, anybody in in law enforcement or the government agencies are listening. That's the Department of Dirty Tricks. You're all sitting around one day, and Dave Miscavige says what? The order comes down what? We need to become, we need to, to get our religious image in shape for the IRS exemption. This this was all a part of seeking to obtain full religious exemption and recognition around the world. So part of this was, okay, we're going to hold Sunday services every Sunday in every church of Scientology. Okay. And nobody knew what the fuck that was. 
It just doesn't exist. So we had to put together a program that described, here is what a Sunday service in Scientology is. And then still nobody understood. So we had to put together a book. And the book was a book of, quote, sermons. And the book of sermons is actually transcriptions of L. Ron Hubbard lectures that get read out loud by some guy standing up the front wearing a dog collar. And there is a little thing in the book that says, here's how you set this up. You put a lectern, the minister uh, is in front, and he wears a dog collar and a Scientology cross, and he stands up there, and the first thing he does is, you know, give thanks for this and welcome to Sunday service, and then they do, uh, you know, and here's the procedure of how you do it, and even a picture of how you lay out the room and all of this stuff, and then the compliant, and then the Office of Special Affairs representative in each church of Scientology around the world had to make sure that that happened every Sunday. Even if nobody showed up. That's right. And not only that, <laughs> but it became part of Scientology management. In the follows where I worked, where we were managing the churches, a Sunday services in charge was put on post. And even if the orgs, even if the individual churches at the city levels didn't have an executive overseeing the public areas or overseeing new people coming in, they had a single guy whose job it was to make sure that these Sunday services happened because okay. it was that intense of an order that that but, we had to drive it. But the purpose was not to actually deliver a Sunday service. No, to be- no because they're free. It is the only thing in Scientology that you can do for free. And so nobody cared about it whatsoever in the local churches. They hated the damn things because they didn't make any money out of it. That's right. No stats at all. (laughs) Right. Except Sunday service attendances became a new stat. And then we stat pushed the hell out of getting bodies into the Sunday services for no good reason but then, whatsoever. But then it went away, Mike. It's interesting. It just went away. Because yeah. I never have seen in the 35 years I was in Scientology a Sunday service. Well, some places still the- still do them if they've got a random, yeah. uh, you know, DSA is, that, that but makes this is it a, happen. But this is literally just for the IRS, for appearances. Absolutely. At 100% just for appearances. Yep. Right. I mean, I, I think that some, some guys in some local Scientology churches figured out if you can get someone in the door to mm-hmm. sit through this, then you can get your registrars on them and maybe get some money out of them afterwards. Right, but the Scientology that's, that's it. Yeah. That, that, that's the, the value of it. In, and that's and Mike- why you don't see it anywhere. How did you, how does a Scientology person become a minister? By doing the minister's course, which is a course in Scientology that is a complete joke. Like you read right. a couple of chapters of the Bible, you read uh, you know some book that describes what Mormonism is, or no, maybe not Mormonism, Islam. Judaism. A little study of of Judaism, a little study of the Catholic Church and its history, and then a bunch of shit about how Scientology is religious, and that's a check sheet, like all other Scientology 
courses, which is just a list of things that you have to read. And then you graduate and you become an ordained minister of Scientology. It's just, it, there's nothing more to it. You don't have to go to some special seminary school it's like or an in-house, anything. It's an, like they make their own ministers. Oh yeah, 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 okay. and it takes and it takes like you know a, a week, <laughs> yeah. a, a week yeah. of study or maybe yeah. two, and mm-hmm. but this again, Leah, even mm-hmm. making your own ministers is a part one of the criteria that the IRS looks at to determine mm-hmm. whether you qualify for exemption <laughs> as a religious organization. I see. Do you have your own clergy? Do you? you know, create and build your own body of clergy. And right, because clergy we have, yeah, go ahead. Is, is like a stupid word to describe Scientology, you know, indentured servitude, mm-hmm. but it, 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 that's what they call it. And if anybody wants to see the Scientology's ministers at work, you just need to go on Twitter and look at the EP Stan League and uh, to understand, please ask Twitter how they verified such a vile human being but you could see now like this is this is somebody that is running around looking like legit but he actually isn't he did a two-week course in scientology and slapped on the collar yes right that's exactly right okay as i always say leah you know if, if people if people are are pissed off about the fact that scientology uh masquerades as a religion and has exemption from the irs Write to your uh, elected representatives and ask them that, and demand that they do something about it because that is ultimately the pressure that needs to be brought to bear on the IRS is from Congress to demand that they review Scientology's tax-exempt status. Agreed. Chris, you want to add anything to that? No, I was going to say the exact same thing. It is really a matter of public pressure. That's the only thing that's going to make this happen at this point. And just speaking about public uh, on public pressure, Mike. uh, Recently, in the last couple weeks, a uh, somebody in Minnesota, uh, you wrote an article about it on your blog, and I just I want people to be aware of it. And you know. Listen, because this is the kind of bullshit that we we will continue to expose. You cannot be a Christian Scientologist. You cannot run around promoting that you can be anything but a Scientologist. And Mike, on your blog, you you showed the answers to uh, from Scientology to the IRS when they were being considered for tax exemption. They had to say. Scientology represented to the IRS that that as you progress in Scientology, it is a fundamental tenet of the religion that you must be a Scientologist, that you are not engaged in other religious practices, that you're not a member of some other faith, because it's a it's one of the indicia that the IRS looks at is because no real religion believes that you can be their religion and also and something else. Right. It, it's not, just not, 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 not an organization with tax exemption. I mean, right. you, you could, you could believe in a thousand things if you want to, which. Right. Yeah. I just want to, yeah, just make, make that point. But, the, but this, but this, who is this guy in Minnesota that is uh, running for office? Uh, Snelling something. Um, yeah, no, I just became aware of this guy uh, t- tweeting out stuff. Uh, that he's a Scientologist running for office out there, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, Michael Snellings. Uh, yes, that's it. Of uh, what district, Mike? Uh, Minnesota uh, Congressional District Four. Okay, and the, and the reason why I just think it's important to bring these people up is, um, again, like. I'm all for uh, uh, respecting pol- people's religious beliefs, but if your religious beliefs are uh, are, are harmful and uh, abusive and uh, criminal uh, towards its members, children, we're going to speak out against it. And if you're running for office and you're 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 a public person running around saying you're a Scientologist uh, and a Christian, we're going to call you out on your bullshit. And if you support an organization like Scientology, then I'm going to absolutely talk about it because I wouldn't want this person representing me, my family. Uh, the, the sole purpose of Scientology and politics, politics is to infiltrate and to convert uh, whatever is, is helpful to, to people in their lives, to society, and turn it to Scientology, which is abusive and uh, toxic uh, ideology and uh, it will lead to nowhere good. So we're going to continue to speak about it. And uh, you know, I'm glad that we brought his name up. So if you, if you have any uh, pull, you you should get the word out because this is not somebody you want representing you or your uh, your community. It's it's dangerous. But anyway, uh, Chris, yes, let's talk about uh, mind control. And, yeah, and, big subject. And thought reform. Go ahead. Yeah. Let's get into it. Do it. <laughs> Go ahead. Please. Well, it's interesting because the studies that I've been doing have really shown to me how widespread, you know, how 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 much of a problem this can be on a spectrum. Right, because it's not. Oh, well, we're. Well, I think we're finding that out now. We're finding out, you know, more that we're out, the more that we're actually engaging, you know, with the real world. You, it's like, whoa, okay, wow. Uh, thought it was just us. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. And then you find really. Ah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually it's actually uh, disheartening. It's it, it's a little because yeah, can be. We we took so much shit for being Scientologists, so we just assumed that people in the real world in the free world were um more normal. Not, <laughs> normal. Yeah. Normal. <laughs> uh, not racist. Not bigoted. Good. Not closed minded. Uh, and, and it's sad to 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 have that awakening, you know, like to say, wow, you know, people, I see it in my own friends and family while I'm on their Twitter feed. And I go, wow, I, I can't believe um, somebody that I love would tweet some shit like that without actually doing the research. And uh, like you're saying, it, critical thinking, like question it, look it up. See both sides, you know, just because this person's from that party doesn't mean they're evil and horrible. Just because they're from the other party doesn't mean discrediting everything they're fucking doing. Exactly. Like, have a fucking opinion by doing research. But, exactly. but the part of the problem with this, Leah, is that you see this, that some of the most mind-controlled, thought-controlled people will come out and say... I've done my research. 
You need to do your research. You don't mm -hmm. understand what's really going on. And this happens, you can see it in Scientology. It happens. Mm -hmm. You don't understand what Scientology really is. You haven't taken the time to really find out about Scientology. So you don't yeah. get to right. pass judgment. Right. You don't Read get to say that, that yeah. this is abusive or that we're a cult because you don't really know about it. And you right. see this. This is a defense that gets used all across the boards and the entire political spectrum and the religious spectrum and every other spectrum. Sure. This accusation you haven't done, you you are the one that hasn't done your research. Yeah, you're the it's one who's in amazing. the not know. Yeah. yeah. You're like, the ignorant one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Go ahead, Chris. Sorry, I just promised that you would talk. And yeah, then... it's all good. I'm it's, sorry. It's obviously a passionate topic for all of us, and it should be because you know, in the, in the court of public opinion, and the you know, in the in the free market of ideas, we have all kinds of things we're going to disagree about. And the fact of the matter is, that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. We tend to tarnish this idea that we're all having different ideas, but we want that. We know, unfortunately, you, me, and Mike know what it's like when we're all on the same page. And it can be a little bit frightening and terrifying when we're all sort of marching in lockstep. Right. I think the thing that's been that my eyes have been open to over the last many years of this has been the fact that underneath that is something that we really need to be pushing for. And, and I think we all crave and want, and that is, that is the idea that underneath all those difference of ideas and attitudes and, and, and wild spectrums of belief because of our quote-unquote research, what we're losing and I think what we need to focus on is, is a tolerance for a difference of ideas and opinions and attitudes because we're not all going to be on the same page about everything and we shouldn't be. But if we can get along by tolerating these different ideas, and I know this is tired and even tropic, but... I think it just needs to be said over and over again because the divisiveness that we're all experiencing out there is 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 got to is got to calm down. We need to bring the temperature down <laughs> out there. You know, and, and, you know, Chris, I I've been talking about this and I've been trying to. Uh, I, I have many emails to friends and family um, that are not kind, and mm -hmm. uh, I've been reading a book. Another book that I've been reading uh, is called "Braving the Wilderness" by Brene Brown. And she talks about this. She talks about being on opposite sides, um, and 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 you know the other the other part that I was talking about earlier was dehumanization. Right? Yes. We have dehumanized each other. If you're on that side, you're an idiot. If you're on that side, you don't deserve to live. If you're on that side, uh, you know you're just not human. So anything that I do is justified. Um, okay. To you, because I'm on the side of right, right? And uh, I, I absolutely agree with you. We need to find a human way because we have lost uh, compassion and empathy for each other. Like we never had, that wasn't in our DNA. Uh, it wasn't actually in our DNA. We weren't taught that in Scientology. We were taught right. to hate the other side. The other side should die, literally should die. Mm -hmm. Literally. Yeah. Okay. I Psychiatrists, we wanted them all dead. Dead. We wanted dead. people who spoke out. Uh, uh, the a certain uh, band that Elvin Hubbard uh, decided was, uh, you know, not desirable, uh, should be shipped off to an island and uh, eradicated from this earth. Actually, yep. he said, and you know, we all fall in that band. And uh, you know, this is this is where we need to. Uh, I agree. We need to find another way. Exactly. And what I wanted to, yeah. 
what I wanted to kind of pump and push out there, you know, on this line of education is that the, you know, you, me, all of us here are aware of these things because we've taken the time to find out how this stuff actually works. Right. You know, you can have a cult experience and you can walk away and you can go hide in a closet or you can try to forget it. You can try to like pretend it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And all that's going to happen as a result of that is that you're going to carry a burden around with you for the rest of your life. And you're going to carry around a whole lot of question marks and those confusions and those, uh, you know, uncertainties and those that trauma might lead you into another crazy belief set, or it might lead you into another cult, or it might lead you to just kind of hate on people mm-hmm. or not trust people that much, or think that there's no real good in life. There's a lot of really not nutty conclusions you can go to if you don't deal with this stuff. And this is where the education comes in. And it doesn't, you don't have to go back to the university to do it, but reading, studying, learning about how thought reform, how mind control, how cults work you know, it sounds like really scary stuff. These are frightening words, but it's really not. It's it's average, ordinary stuff. It's advertising, it's marketing, it's mm-hmm. PR, it's it's all of that kind of with the levels turned way up. Right. And that's really all it is. And we're all susceptible to it. And if, as faster we all kind of realize that, the more tolerant we can be toward each other because we can recognize we're all in the same struggle. And we're all being hit with this stuff in varying shades sure. of intensity. Right. And because, that's the lesson because, here. Because, you know, Chris, for- you know, people who are listening who are like, well, that doesn't apply to me because I wasn't in a cult. What do you say to that? Yeah, it does. It does. In what way? Well, we're all hit all day mm-hmm. long with social media messaging, mm-hmm. political messaging, advertising, cult messaging, by the way. Because I don't know if everybody is aware of this or not, but this is another part of this education thing. You know, there are newspapers out there that are owned by cults, <laughs> right? And this is not a joke. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's true. And right. they have agendas and they push them. And you don't mm-hmm. necessarily know what you're looking at when you're hitting, being hit with this stuff. And we are bombarded by it on social media, certainly in the Western world, to an unhealthy degree. Right. You know, and so it isn't that there's anybody who's immune and it isn't that there's anybody who's not being hit with this. We all could could lead better lives by understanding this stuff better. That's why I'm so passionate about it. No, I absolutely agree, because I think that people when you hear mind control or thought reform, people think traditionally of like a crazy cult. They, right. they think of like everybody like sitting in a room wearing, you know, the, whatever, you know, like they have <laughs> ideas. They have They're ideas. Doing TIAs. Yeah. Yeah. No, they just have an idea, right? They have an idea of what that means. But, but it's, it's your everyday thinking that you have to start to, to, to introspect. You have to say, uh, you know, what do I think of this really? Am I really, do I, are these my true religious beliefs or do I just say it? You know, am I living the life that I claim, you know, because there's words and then there's actions. It's who you wish you would be and who you really are, right? Like, you know, when you have... I would love to say I'm great. I'm giving. I'm not a self. I don't have an ego. You know, like I'd love to say that about myself, you know, but I can't. I can't. Like I'm constantly looking at myself. I'm constantly trying to 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 catch myself and go, what do I you know, who am I really? 
You know, I could be a shitty person. I could be judgmental. I could be narcissistic. I could be all those things. And, uh, you know, I'm working on it even as old as I am. You know, I just feel like, you know, I, uh, I have today. So if I have today, I'm going to try to be, a, 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 you know, a better person, a better mother, a better daughter, a better friend. And I just think we, we need to just kind of look at that. We need to just look at what we engage in every day, what we write every I love when I get shitty comments from people and I look on their, their bio and, you know, they claim to be, you know, people of God, grandmother, you know, and they're now, and I just look through their tweets, you know, they're tweeting this one. You're a fucking asshole. You're fat. You suck. I hate your show. You know, I'm like, wow, this is, this is who you really are, right? Your bio I, says what, what you wish you were, but this is who you really are. And that's the, and that's the struggle yes. we all are in yes. really, yes. you know, is we're, is we want to be better. We want to do better, but then we find ourselves saying or doing some of the nastiest crap. No, but I don't, but I don't believe that everybody wants to be better. Right. I, I want us to want to all be better. Let me ask you this because I think this is true. And I want to know what you yeah. think about this. You, me, Mike, we have all been through what could in invariably uh, unquestionably be called a, a traumatic experience. Many. And many traumatic experiences. <laughs> that's right. Right. A real ordeal and, yeah. uh, or a series of them. And yes. we then wake up from that. We go, Oh my God. Right. We're, 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 we're allowing this to happen to ourselves because yes. we are buying into this ideology. That's total nonsense. And, and yeah. we, and we, and we hit the eject button. Yes. I believe that we are a special category of people, not you, just you, us three, but everybody who has had this kind of experience, who has then hit the eject button. There's yeah. a degree of introspection, I think, that the majority of us experience where we go, what the hell just happened to me? And how do I make sure it never happens again? And what yeah. I would like to throw out there for the audience out there who haven't been through these kind of experiences is... You don't have to have this kind of experience to learn these lessons. And maybe if we could just yeah. listen to us and take our word for it, that we kind of know what we're talking about and we're trying to spare you the pain, you know? yes. that might yeah. be part of the moral of the story here, you know? Yes, absolutely. I think everybody's trying, you know, most, most people are trying their best, you know, most yeah. people are trying their best, but I think, uh, you know, we do need to find, uh, I think the pendulum has swung yes. a little too, too far. In, in a very dangerous and toxic direction. Yes. And like you said, people coming out of uh, toxic cults, you know, come out in the, in the real world and go, wow, I uh, can't wait to have this amazing experience. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. This is not uh, fun. Not so amazing. Uh, yeah, but I got to tell you, I'm, I'm blessed. I think I have the best people on Twitter, the best people on Instagram, <laughs> because I rarely get any shit. Yeah. Rarely. That's right. I have a very positive, positive group of people right. on my stuff. I couldn't be more grateful for my folks. But um, no, I, 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 and I think people are generally uh, good. But I do think that we we need to kind of get back to being uh, a more compassionate and and empathetic uh, group. Uh, exactly. To, to, to move forward to in a different thing, ways. It seems to be the thing that has the longest lasting value. You know, yes. Gandhi. Yes. Mr. Rogers, yeah. <laughs> Martin Luther King, mm -hmm. you know, these are people who have lasting power. They're permanent in our minds because their right. messages are evergreen. Right. They right. always work. They right. always apply.
hate is the very short-term directed and temporary affair that really only gets you backwards motion, really. Yes. You know, because you got to yes. make up for all the damage that you did when you're when you were hating, you know. Right, right. But, you know, but the, the compassion and the tolerance is an evergreen message. And that's why I'm always pushing it because I, 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 I want I want to move the world in that direction. I agree. I agree. Oh, that's fabulous. Yeah. I love that. that that's do, a that's a great sentiment. Thank you. Uh, okay. Do you want to end off or do you want to talk about any kind of fear game? I, I think I think that um, my view is that we should do part two with Chris. I really want to talk. We discussed this, talking yeah. about the oh. RPF and the truth rundown, oh, okay. something we have never gone into depth about. And the truth okay. rundown is – is an astonishing thing. And I think that we should schedule to do part two right. with Chris and just address those two things. Cause oh, uh, yeah, shit. he's got his little yes, note there. I so do I. And I actually. <laughs> Chris, do you want to add anything about uh, things that, that any books or references that, that you think that we should. Oh, be? Well, I'll throw, I'll throw two things out uh, yeah, as sure. far as suggested reading for folks or actually three things out. <laughs> Cause I always sure. have to throw this one in. Okay. okay the highest, the, the top of the list for me every single time in terms of books I recommend to people are mm-hmm. Carl Sagan, the demon haunted world. Okay. Okay. That is your manual of critical thinking. And that is probably one of the best books I have ever read. Absolutely. Really? Original. Yes. Okay. Huge. That was the first thing I read that introduced me to critical thinking back in 2012, okay. and it changed my life. So it was like the first book you read right outside of sci- coming yeah. out of Scientology. Interesting. Right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And in that book, by the way, is a chapter called The Baloney Detection Kit, which is how okay. I found the book. And it was also referred to online as The Bullshit Detection Kit. Uh-huh. And it was, how do I not fall for this bullshit ever again? That's what led right. me to that book. So, okay. Um, okay. Next book is... Uh, Robert J. Lifton, uh, Thought Reform and the Psychology of Totalism. It's a dense book. It's a little hard to read, but if you're into it, that'll tell you everything you ever need to know about thought reform and brainwashing. Okay. And um, and then probably one that is a more popular book that's really, really good, which I only read on my studies, so I only found out about this from that, is Robert Caldini's Influence. Okay fantastic book because it breaks down how influence works across from advertising all the way to the cults. Great. Thank you so much, Chris. And we, and we thank you for joining us today and con- and thank you for the work that you continue to do. And we're going to talk about next time, Chris, we're going to do this uh, part two. We're going to talk about uh, a, a very, uh, I, I don't even know the adjective for this rundown. What? <laughs> Horrifying. Horrifying rundown uh, yeah. in Scientology. That's usually reserved just for Sea Org members right. uh, called the Truth Rundown. And I was one uh wait, am I the only one who's received it that wasn't a Sea Org member? You are one uh, two people. One of very, very, very few. Yeah. <laughs> a couple that I know of. Yeah. Very and who is, rare. who is who is the other person that you know of? It was some public guy in Los Angeles who got in trouble for spreading black PR and they pulled him in and, and forced him to do it. Okay. So we're going to talk about this uh, interrogate. I would say like the Mac daddy of interrogations. Yeah. Um, that was uh, I, I, w- one of my most traumatic experiences in Scientology. And Chris, you went through it. Yep. I delivered well. it. I, re- I received it. It was, yeah. I, and I, and yeah, I, yeah. 
The North Koreans would be proud of the truth rundown. No, correct. No, I, and I, I don't think you're joking or trying to be no. an alarmist. I, I, I would tend to agree with you, Mike. It was, uh, it, it, it was the beginning of the end for me. So in a way, it was a blessing. Yeah. It, it started. It started the. Uh, it started me thinking I, I should probably leave yeah. this this horrible place. It's a horrible place. <laughs> it's like so. It's like concentrated yeah. gaslighting in a can. Yes. That's what the it, truth rundown is like. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And so we'll we'll talk about that uh in part 2, but but Chris, uh before we end off, I wanted to ask you one more thing. Uh have you uh cuz I don't I don't see a lot of uh Scientology uh hate coming your way. Uh how are you evading what most of us have to deal with every day? Is it cuz you're just a super nice guy? I mean, Mike, you know, <laughs> Not like us. <laughs> I actually have wondered that myself. Now, I have to thank you guys again. Yeah. <laughs> it was you two who opened the door to me having a hate page. And you You're welcome. To me that I was on the show and it was the next day that it showed up. So I thought that was still, I still laugh about that. Um, <sighs> I honestly am a bit clueless myself. I really don't yeah. quite get it. I've put out so much content and yes. I never did it because I wanted to get fair gamed, but, and I, pre and I really prepped my life yeah. so that it would, so that no matter what they did, I'd be okay. And maybe right. that was part of it. I, I really don't know. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, listen, there's a piece I'm, of me that's like, as your friend, I'm happy. I don't want you to get fair game, but there's a piece of me that's like, fuck you, Chris. I know. <laughs> I know. I, I totally get it. I do. Other other people, other others in our circles have asked me this too. And I how do I answer for Osa? I guess they think I'm, you know, ineffective or something. I don't know. Whatever. No. Whatever, guys. You know? <laughs> we'll keep taking it up the ass. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. And you just keep doing your thing, Chris. Enjoy yeah. your life. <laughs> out. It's, you know, uh, I haven't missed it. I've been more than happy. I have. Now, I will say I have been trolled. I have had an offer from Scientology to buy my YouTube channel. Is that true? I, yeah, that is true. Wow. Yes, they did reach okay. out. They did try to do that. They offered me an insultingly low level of money. And so I I thought my freedom of speech was worth a bit more than that. Chris, they actually called you and said, hi, Chris, we're calling you for the Through a proxy. And they did. Yes, that actually happened. Un-fucking-believable. Yeah. Anyway, Chris. <laughs> I'll sell them my YouTube channel. <laughs> Only 125 million. There you go. That was more my price. I tell you. I mean, they. they uh, yeah, I think it was like ten thousand or something. I was like, "Are you joking?" Oh my right god! Now? Are you seriously joking me right now? You're gonna. That's one pair of one pair of David Miscavige's shoes, right? I was. This like, is from this a is three billion, this a three billion tax exempt business yes. offering you. Yeah, 10,000, 10K. Okay. I was like, anyway, freedom of speech is worth a lot more than that. Good for you, Chris. Yeah. All right, honey. Well, we love you and congratulations on everything. And everything will be on the website. And 
Until we speak again, Chris, part two, maybe you'll get fair game from that. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and I keep trying. I'll keep trying. That will just mean that you've arrived, Chris. <laughs> Apparently, yes. You know you've made it. That's right. <laughs> you know you're a worthy opponent. Oh, wow. <laughs> anyway, I love you. I don't wish that on you. Thank you. And we'll speak soon. And thank you all for listening. We'll the, not see you next time. Fucking hell. What do I say, Mike? What are you supposed to say on a podcast? Chris, you know better than us. See you next week. See you. Yeah. But we're not going to yeah. see them next week. Oh, Tune in. Listen Tune next in. week. Anyway, Join us. You, uh, Join you us next it. week. Have a good day. Good night. <laughs> 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 <laughs>